0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey Podcast. Welcome to 2020 Part 2, or as we like to call it, 2021. Fingers crossed, it's gonna be a much better year. Uh well,
1: uh, okay, okay, we might be off to a shaky start, but hopefully, shake, shaky start. hopefully Lock, that's lockdown, just like the death row on twenty twenty. It's just twenty twenty shaking around a bit having a tantrum, now being a bit like a trump, and now we should get back to smooth
0: sailing uh, I think I was saying to someone the other day I, I was 22 going into the first lockdown if if things keep on going the way they are I'll be 24 by the time we're out of <laughs> the next lockdown don't worry Henry
1: <laughs> don't worry But we wrote off last year last year is last year's a complete write off so I'm turning 24 again this year and you can turn 22 23 <laughs> again this year alright t- t-
0: turn 22 again <laughs> De- de- aged de- a- I was gonna say de-aged by a couple of years. I wish, I wish, wish I could do that.
1: And that <laughs> yeah. if, if if lockdown did de-age you, you would have
0: to have it every year. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants that, even at even at the chance of de-aging. You'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, anyway, how have you been, Tom? If it, it feels. I know it was only about a month ago that we did our last episode, but it feels a lot longer and I don't know why. Maybe it is because we're back in lockdown again. Or maybe it's
1: because a lot more has happened since our last one. We had Christmas, New Year, another lockdown, as you say.
0: Yeah, it, I, I think you're right there. I think it is because there's a lot, a lot been going on. It is yeah. There are scary times. Yep. These
1: are scary times we live in. Did you have a good Christmas and a good New Year? I did. Thank you, Henry. How was your Christmas and New Year?
0: yeah it was good it was kind of nice and chilled just quiet time with family but that's that's alright and I hear mm, you got a lot of whiskey oh I I ended up with about seven bottles seven and then Is that about, and about a bunch of I got I ended up with like seven big bottles and then you know like the little taster bottles you get yeah. I ended up with about nine nine of those I
1: love those they're just about big enough for a, a decent sized glass
0: mmm Yes, yeah. I think because usually they're a double measure, so like fifty milliliters is like two shots. Yeah. So it's usually a double double measure. But uh, yes, one uh, one of the ones I got is the one of the ones we are trying this evening. I also got this Kids. whiskey for Christmas. Yes, is uh, would you like to introduce this one? Is this is the one you suggested?
1: Yeah. So for this episode today we're going to be trying um, Civas Regal Scotch whiskey. Which is 12, I've got the 12, twelve year one? Have you got the twelve year one as well?
0: I've got twelve year one as well. Yep.
1: Excellent. Which I've had before and really enjoyed, but I think you're trying it for the first
0: time, aren't you, Henry? Yes, I've I've seen this one around a lot, but I've never actually actually tried it. I think so. it's
1: quite a well-known whiskey.
0: Yeah, I think it's one you you will certainly see a lot in shops and everything.
1: Uh, I'm often given it as yeah. a present, and I'm always happy when I am because I do I do like this one. This is good. That's this good.
0: Is good. Oh yeah, it's quite. Um, I only found out this. I only uh, saw this earlier, but it's quite fitting that fitting that we're having a uh, scotch because uh, it's Burns Night. Of course, Yeah, which I hadn't realised until I, I. I think I saw it somewhere. I was like, oh, that's fitting that we we have a scotch. I know it's a blended scotch and not a single malt, but still, feels it feels quite fitting for the occasion. It does indeed. All right, should give it a taste test. Yes, please. That's quite um, Fruity
1: Yeah no. I,
0: well, I, I, at least I, I
1: I think it is I give it quite a Fruity smell Although I still Smell my dinner In this room So <laughs> <laughs> If I start saying It, it smells a bit Peri-peri That'd be why. <laughs> I was gonna say that'd be a very strange whiskey, Perry. Hmm, Perry Perry. We were talking about um, whiskey experiments before the podcast, and I, and I had this idea for a whiskey taster. And i was just having nightmares of the weird whiskeys people were paid me to try, and Perry Perry whiskey <laughs> was one of them. Can you imagine?
0: I would like. I know, like some whiskeys are described as spicy, but it's. Could you imagine if it was like actually like chili flavor? Oh, like now, to speak.
1: now, bourbon chicken wings and like a bourbon barbecue sauce. I reckon they'll be good. Do you think there's a recipe out there? I will find it and make it. That's, that's <laughs> done that.
0: Okay, that, that that can be your uh, that can be your task before the next episode to try and find a whiskey based. Uh, food recipe and give it a try I will do that let, let us know I will, I will try that
1: yeah. <laughs> if you're hearing the sounds of me crunching away on the podcast all the horrible sounds of someone eating how to lose viewers
0: <laughs> how to lose viewers <laughs> the limited viewers there are or listeners there are oh
1: we'll drive us to zero Henry
0: <laughs> it's a zero sum game anyway let's give it a taste I would say that's much more light than we normally have. That's that's very light. It's kind of quite mellow. Yeah,
1: and sweet. I would say it's quite sweet.
0: Yeah, hints of caramel, maybe, or I'd say from from the from the smell, I, I kind of get sort of fruity, almost fruity. slightly fruity, but banana, banana, and then sort of like a yeah caramel. But
1: I think it's a taste, little bit taste. sharp. I think it's a little bit sharp. But yeah, it is. Yeah, sort a, of it. Very
0: mellow. Very yes. light. Yeah, sort of. It's not; it's not heavy on the tongue. It doesn't leave like a overbearing flavour or anything. It's kind of yeah, light. I see what you mean, sort of, about the little bit of sharpness at the ends, kind of a slight acidity. Yeah, sort, of, but not unpleasant. It's very nice, actually. I I
1: can definitely sit and watch a film, maybe, and have a few glasses of this. And mm, I
0: think I think it'd be one you could you could drink fairly fairly easily fairly easily um, it might work
1: well in a mixer as well
0: yeah I, I i agree there i think it's one you could definitely use in sort of cocktails as a base mm. it's, it's not sort of one of those really rich flavorsome ones that you kind of just want to enjoy by itself you could use this with other stuff it's i think it'd be kind of like a I don't know, it's kind of this type of thing I'd expect someone to sort of pull out at just a house party. They're like, oh, let's get some <laughs> I think it's whiskey. a bit better than
1: JD or Bells or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, sort of a bit like that if you're going a slightly upper class. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> the upper class
1: of the bins-drinking whiskey world. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely get that. Would you like me to describe what it says on the bottle about the taste? Yes, yes, please. Okay, so... Distinguished by its light lingering aroma, full smooth palate, and balanced flavour with a hint of smoke, Sibers Regal is a Scotch of subtle and complex character.
0: Does it say anything about tasting notes? Mm, no, that's it. Oh, that's it. Well, we got the uh, we got the smooth and we got the subtle, right? At least. Yep. Lingering aroma. Hang on. Uh, let let me have a quick look online. See what the. Oh, here we go. So. Oh, this is the tasting notes by Master of Malt. So, uh, a creamy, aromatic, melange of vanilla, no, no I, I
1: agree with that, creamy.
0: Yeah. This is the this is the nose, though, not the uh, oh taste. Oh no, I, so I, I vanilla a custard, bit, creamy in the taste. Pints of aniseed, lemon curd, and butter toffee. Wood shaving and dried banana chips. Is this the taste now, or is this still the nose? No, this is the, that was the nose. That's so, all yeah, on the nose. All the fruitiness my there. My nose is not well developed. My, <laughs> my nose has got a long <laughs> way to go. Need to be trying, trying more whiskies then. Try, okay, here we go, smelling more Palette. whiskies. I need to go out more, and
1: smell fish. Those... <laughs> You'll see me walking Palette. up and down more the high street just smelling
0: random objects. <laughs> yeah. Pallet, more of those banana chips showing through on the palate. This more creamy hint of barley malt peppered with a little bit of allspice. Note, notes of ground walnut and caramel. Caramel, I said caramel. Finish is light spice and black pepper. Uh, Pepperiness, sharpness, sweetness. that pepper. Possibly, yeah. I think I definitely got the sort of the fruitiness that it, it says from the sort of dried banana chip flavour. I guess it's kind of with the smoothness that kind of fits in with the creamy creaminess, as you said yeah creamy hint of barley malt yeah bit of the sharpness maybe that's kind of like from the spice
1: yeah or the pepper but i think that's quite good
0: Mm. yeah i think anyway tom
1: if i I, I kind of spends the the amount that i would normally spend on this bottle though i think i would just get tired of more
0: yeah, I think it. I think it's around twenty, twenty-five pounds. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd either get Tullamore or I'd get something like a Ben Bracken.
1: Or maybe if there's something else on offer, like if the Reserve is on offer again.
0: Hmm. I mean, it's, it's not bad, but I think there are better, definitely, a, a, quite a few whiskies that I would I either pick over this or be willing to put a bit more money into getting. It's not I'm glad to have tried it, but I don't think. I wouldn't say no if someone offered me a well, glass or a obviously. bottle. Of course. I'm very yeah. grateful to have been given <laughs> this as a present. Yeah. Uh, right, Tom, are you ready for a bit of whiskey trivia? Oh, yes, I'm always ready for whiskey trivia. Cool. So, I'm going to be talking about casks, the casks that whiskey matures in. Right. Now, whiskey matures in these oak or sherry barrels or casks, and after a that's how it sort of gets its flavor to as it matures the sort of flavors from the woods sort or of seep mm-hmm. into the whiskey itself yeah and that's how it gets that kind of like woody flavor and um, that sort of that color yeah yeah but after a, a few times sort of these um flavors begin to fade away so do you want to uh, take a guess at how many times uh, you can use the cast before the flavors begin to fade twice not too far off it's about three or four times oh. Oh. that so the rate of maturation slows and the uptake of the flavors from the wood begins to reduce so to combat this what it's what happens is barrels kind of regenerated in a process called decharring or recharring and what happens is they take the ends off the barrel then in in the inside they shave off a thin layer of the wood and then they heat treat it by uh, sort of toasting or charring the barrel right and that allows um sort of a new layer of what's called active wood to form and this uh this then allows compounds from the barrel to then again be extracted by the uh the whiskey that's maturing in it so once they've heat treated it, they put the ends back on, and then they'll reuse it again. Even so after the like,
1: fourth time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll use a barrel three or four times, and then then they'll do this heat treating.
1: So, how many times can they use it after that? How many times can they use it after they've heat treated it?
0: The, the, it's just they repeat the process. Oh, so indefinite, yeah. basically. Yes, although then. I don't know this for certain but there, there probably is a point where they'll use a new barrel but the um, yeah so the idea is they use this barrel and then they'll take a thin layer off it heat treat it and then they'll use it again for another three or four times well there we go yeah so that's a little bit of whiskey trivia for this episode very interesting so new books it's new year new books new whiskeys New whiskies. What are you been reading, Tom? You, you're you're working your way through quite a big book at the moment. Yeah, I'm
1: slowly working my way through a huge book, which is actually an omnibus of ten quite small books um, called The Great Book of Amber, which is a fascinating series from the 1970s about a
0: family of people who can travel between parallel worlds. I was gonna say, no wonder it's taking so long. I I thought it was just one big long book. I didn't realize it was a ten individual books. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's ten individual books. So there are pages where they recap what happened in the last book, but mm. the books are only about two hundred pages each, or yeah, one hundred and fifty. So I'm like, I, I I literally just read that. It's okay. Let's keep. let's, let's carry on. Let's keep <laughs> going. And it is fascinating the way it's written and. The things that they go and see. But I am getting a bit annoyed with the main character. Who is, He's got this massive lack of empathy. Mm. I mean, if he didn't... Occasionally, he'll do something nice. And if it wasn't for that, I would say he's a psychopath. Because he just doesn't seem to so much... Empathy at all. Any <laughs> interest... Like, a family member will die. And the next day, he'll be like... Right, so, back to the matter at hand. And without any funeral or no... Silence. A minute silence for my lost brother. None of that. Just, right, okay. Well, well, what were we up
0: to? But maybe maybe that's a plot point, potentially. Maybe it'll turn out he's like a psychopath or something in one of the later stories. Well,
1: to be fair, um, some pe- <laughs> old friends will bump into him and then they'll be surprised if he hasn't killed the people around him. So maybe it is going to be a plot point. Maybe he is just meant to be crazy.
0: Hmm. That's cheery. Yep.
1: <laughs> but I've also been reading... Um The subtle art of not giving a oh wait, oh can I say it on on air? Yeah, yeah. We got we got an explicit warning, so brilliant. People know um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by
0: Mark Manson. <laughs> now, I was surprised because when you you said you hadn't read it, I it was a couple of years you you got given the book. Yes, I, a good friend but I thought gave you'd already to read me
1: it a while ago. A good friend gave it to me a while ago. And but i just struggle so much with non-fiction as you know Henry. Mm. um so I, I i have persevered and finished it now it is i would
0: say it's definitely tough love but i definitely needed to hear everything that was in it as well mm. yeah because I had the audiobook so i'd listened to it before i think a couple of years ago now but when you said oh i'll, I'll re i'll reread or i'll read this one to finish it um I went back and listened to it as well because I, I think it's really good. It is um, very good. I've,
1: but I, I think I've, of all the non-fiction books I've read in the last year, this might have to be my favourite.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's Because it's not
1: a decorated admiral or a um, athlete or anyone like that telling, uh, trying to motivate me. It's just an ordinary person
0: telling me his views. Yeah. And it's, he even admits he's like a screw-up in some areas. Yeah. Like, with it, in in the book, he talks about instance where he got caught with drugs when he was a kid. Yes. And, yeah.
1: Yes, he did. I, I quite like the way he presented that because it it, it 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 has this long spiel about him being interrogated for drugs. And at the end, he goes, "Well, I had them, of course."
0: <laughs> yeah, because the way he presents it, it's as if he's just he's been wrongly accused. Yeah, but no, he has got the drugs. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it has got that that. Um, I think. It says ruthless humor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I noticed Henry on the back of my book copy of the Sodlod, not giving a fuck. It's got yeah. uh, a list of quotes from other authors who uh, are praising the book, and yeah. the first one is Ryan Holiday. Yes. Who I know you're yes. a fan of. Yeah,
0: they're they're they're, um, they're friends, I believe, and I've uh, I've heard mark interviewed on ryan's podcast uh it was quite it was interesting like listening back to it because i can kind i can see why uh they share like similar ideas and stuff and there's some of the stuff that mark talks about in the book which kind of correlates with stuff that ryan writes about like ryan writes a lot about stoicism and some of the stuff that uh mark included in the book is it's not explicitly stoic he's not like saying this is how to act stoic but it's in in a similar vein to some of that stuff mm-hmm. so that was that was quite interesting to uh you you've listen, spoken listen about stoicism
1: to... before could you sum it up for me because never I've tried to look up like definitions or whatever online and I'm still a bit hazy on the subject
0: it's it's kind of uh, slightly difficult cuz in a way it's something i'm still learning about at the, at the same time mm-hmm. but in a way it's uh, you kind of put put me on the spot here.
1: <laughs> I know that's why I asked.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's sort of a, a way of viewing. Or at least This is kind of what my understanding at the moment. Uh, it's a kind of a way of viewing life by the things you can control, and d- even through like tough times or circumstances, not letting stuff sort of overwhelm you but continuing on in your efforts to do what you can in your life to just sort of be better and improve yourself and improve society but not letting barriers that stand in your way that you can't control kind of overwhelm you like like with the a good example is like with the coronavirus none of us can control that we are in a lockdown, and like some of us can't work or we can't go and see family and stuff. But things that we can't control, we can control. Like okay, say if you you haven't say say if you've lost your job, that's unfortunate. And because of the coronavirus, it was beyond your control. But the thing that you can control is you going out and searching for a new job. And you, uh, again, like uh, another thing, so like, the is being... doing
1: the most logical thing.
0: In, in a sense,
1: yeah, it's what. Well... Because I've also heard it described that um, Stoics try to find beauty in nature and their environment and try to not control their emotions but not let their emotions control them in an attempt yes. to reach. A sort of enlightenment-like state.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's was was that uh, Richard by chance who tried was describing stoicism to you? No, that was Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough.
1: <laughs> I don't want to ask Richard because he might make me do press ups or something. <laughs> uh,
0: fair enough. No, it's in- interesting that you um, uh, you you mentioned like stoicism and uh Brian Holiday actually because. I think I said this at the end of last year. What I'm trying to do uh, now is trying to read stuff and trying to sort of learn from it more. So I'm actually, uh, unusually for me, I'd usually just read one book and then move on to another. Yeah. But at the moment, I've got I've got three books on the go. Oh, multitasking! Yeah. So, uh, um, I might have to try well, that while
1: I read this massive um Amber book actually. So I actually get some yeah. other reading done.
0: So, so two of the books are books I'm, I only read like sh- short sections from and try and learn from them. So, uh, one's called Tools of Titans by a guy called Tim Ferriss, who ironically is another friend of uh, Ryan Holidays, um, and that's sort of where he int- he's so he's run a podcast for a few a number of years now and interviewed very famous and successful people, and he's uh, he's taken parts from these interviews and he's written down like key stuff these people have told him basically in short sections so it'll be like a, a famous person's advice on health and fitness and their best like a hundred dollar purchase or and their like most recommended book and he just does each one in a short section for people so i've just been kind of reading one or two sections a day i think I'll slowly working my way
1: through that i try i try and keep um, the amount i read to be in short bursts so that I can think about what I've just read and try and yeah learn it and absorb it better
0: mm. and uh, the other one is uh, Ryan Holiday's book called The Daily Stoic where it is just a stoic for every day of the year it's just a short um, passage by a famous stoic and then just a little description underneath it and so it's just one page a day yeah. so yeah um, so I've been reading those and they're kind of just I just read a little bit of them each day and then of course my third book is often something like a, a fiction book or another non-fiction book which i'll just i'll tend to read a bit more of I'll, i think i tend to average about 50 pages a day roughly so
1: is that across all three books or is that just on one that one book
0: it often uh, just the one book usually so I'd, I'd say a 300 page page book will usually take me about a week those, whereas Rocky these numbers, other Henry, two, I read a few pages each day. Yeah, all right. We don't. We don't all have time to just sit there and read a. Actually, book in we a do. Day. Actually, we all do, Henry. Well, not if you, not if you're trying to do other stuff. And besides, you're meant to be working. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My boss isn't listening to this, is he? <laughs> So, yeah, what, so going back to the art again, what, so you, you, you quite enjoyed it then. Yes, I, I really
1: enjoyed its unconventional views, its tough love, its dark humour, and, um, I liked some of the lessons it tried to teach. Like, there's one passage yeah. where Mark Manson talks about responsibility and blame and how they're separate things. Taking responsibility mm. for something isn't the same as it being your fault. And I like how something could happen. And even if it's not your fault, you're still responsible for it. You're still responsible for how you deal with it. Mm. And to not really worry about whose fault
0: is it. Focus on how you're going to respond. That's that's interesting because then that goes back to almost those stoic virtues of it's not, it's not how you ended up in that situation. It's how you deal with it that's mm-hmm. the important thing and that's that's what I like, I like how it, I can kind of start drawing these parallels between these different books and these different ideas also what, what I also liked about it is it's, despite its name, the subtle art of not giving a fuck it's not about not caring about anything or exactly, I think there's a it, it's, whole
1: passage where he talks about how actually giving zero fucks about anything is borderline psychopathic
0: yeah, because everyone has
1: to care about something, and why would you want to be like that?
0: Yeah, it's about deciding... Choosing
1: the, where to place your fucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is... I can
1: think of a few places.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I... It's one of those ones I've kind of, like, delved back... Because I've got the book as well, and I've occasionally just gone back and read, like, little sections of it. You're hiccuping already. How much Drifus Regal have you had? Only about half a glass. I when Henry! I, The thing is, when I hiccup, I only ever do, like, one or two hiccups, and then they're gone. Whereas, like, (laughs) other people I know, they just have them for ages, and they're, like, having to gulp down water. I just have, like, one or two, and then they're gone.
1: If I get hiccups, they come like a machine gun. (laughs) And that water, holding my breath, nothing will stop them. They're there until they decide to leave. Mm. And they're really annoying. Not just for me, but for the people around them, around me, because they can't escape. As you were saying.
0: Yeah, no, I just just saying how yeah he's right it's it's deciding where to give a fuck really and he just says like nowadays like particularly in this modern era so many people are over over worried about what what how they paint their perfect life on instagram or social media or anything and he's like no one actually really gives a fuck about your life on instagram and he he just says it's like so many people are worried about presenting this perfect image that but like people get so stressed about how they have to look good for everyone on there but at the end of the day no one no one overly cares about how good or bad your life is on instagram or like the the picture that you paint and you shouldn't get so wound up about seeing how everyone else else's life looks so perfect because you'll look on Instagram you've got fitness models and guys with like five Lamborghinis or whatever and everyone gets so worried like why haven't I got that oh I should, I should be doing this thing to do that I should be doing this to latest
1: that being ordinary is okay yeah trust the priest that if you're ordinary you shouldn't see it as I've failed you should see it as I've yet to succeed hmm. if you even need to succeed at all
0: yeah or sometimes that you're so wound out wound, wound up and uptight about what you think you should have you don't realize what you do have ha- what you do have yeah it's like really uh, at the at the end of the book he talks about the death of a friend of um who uh, drowned and how it that kind of hit him and it made him like reassess his life he ended up like re-enrolling in university courses he got fitter he got healthier he got um his first girlfriend and stuff and
1: he wrote a best-selling book yeah mm. Henry
0: Listen, <laughs> <No>. listen, <laughs> drowning in whiskey Tom
1: <laughs> that can be arranged oh god that no, can be please. arranged yeah. you can combine your knowledge of the casks <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, but yeah it's it, and like right at the end of the book, it's like it, it helped him sort of like reorientate where to give his fucks, and it was to better better himself, and not care so much about
1: video games or parties.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I that kind of surprised me that you said it's it's one of your favourite non-fictions. Why which...
1: well, did you think it wasn't really me?
0: No, it's just when I recommend non-fiction to you, I don't really know what (laughs) what your response is going to be be?
1: yeah well i am unpredictable as you know Mm. um Mm. um, but i have i was not lying this was my favorite Mm. it will be one of the few that i might actually reread
0: nice it's interesting that you've you've been talking about stoicism now because i that gives me a, a idea as to the next book i want to recommend to you so mm. <laughs> you say again. You sound skeptical.
1: <laughs> yes, we'll see. Henry. Well, if, it, like, it, if, but,
0: it, if, but, if it's going to be but, what I think you're going to recommend, we'll see. Put put it this way: if, like you said, you didn't quite understand stoicism, this this Correct. one could well probably help give you an idea.
1: If I want to understand stoicism,
0: uh, I could always bribe you with cider <laughs> or whiskey. Mm, one or the other; it usually works. <laughs> so what have you been reading so before um, lockdown 3 was implemented you'd sent me a big long list of books you wanted me to read but then of course lockdown yes. happened and we could do, do our usual book swap yes however one of the authors you'd included on the list was uh, Neil Gaiman who we're both big very fans of and yes. looking through uh, one of the bookshelves in our house, I found one of his books that I hadn't read before which was The Ocean at the End of the Lane
1: It's quite That's a fantastic sh- book
0: It's quite a, sh- book. quite a short book only First a little thought. over 200 pages Have you finished it? Yes, yeah I finished it uh, a couple what of days ago. What did you ago. think? I really enjoyed it, but it was it completely so good, different from what I kind of expected, but it is very Neil Gaiman It is it was very Neil Gaiman It is, qu- it is quintessentially Neil Gaiman but it kind of shifted and changed as I read it to from what I thought it was going to be. So I thought it was... It, it kind of is. It's kind of this short story of this man who's remember remembering his childhood memories from when he was... And he's
1: trying to work out, was it all... What Was everything that happened some game or some fantasy, or did it all actually happen?
0: Yes, yes. It's kind of like this reconstruction of his childhood memories where you you as the reader can never quite tell whether it's happening in his imagination all these fantastical events and strange goings on, and it's that's why I really liked it because it's you're never quite sure is it is it this sort of fantasy realm that he has that has kind of intruded on his real life or is it just this make-believe of children and And
1: you have to read it to find out
0: (laughs) but it it is kind of very reminiscent of childhood in a way you think you think back to when you were a child like playing in the playground and stuff and you're like imagining imagining like dragons and armies and jedi or whatever
1: I was the Jedi when I was when I did that. <laughs> I was the Jedi. Um, but no, I do get what you mean. Neil Gaiman really captures this sense of childish innocence and play. Um, mm. I think I read an interview or watched an interview with him where he was talking about writing this book. And actually, a lot of the childhood, I believe he draws from his own childhood. Yeah, I think it was. He um... really remembered being the childhood very vividly and was able to put
0: that into the book and... Yeah, I think it's like think the the uh, at the at the end of the book there were what, it was like a Q and A, and one uh, of the, that's, that was it. Yes. Yeah. One one of the things <laughs> it the that book. he it was
1: in the book the whole time. I didn't watch yeah.
0: anything. So there was a character in it who was an opal miner, and that he that was actually drawn from his childhood. Yes. Yeah, and there there were bits and pieces that I think he he looked at like old family f- photos and stuff like that and things he saw he then kind of wrote descriptions and he kind of pieced it together to form this book but what what makes it very sort of Neil Gaiman like I said very Neil Gaiman esque in its way is that he what he does he kind of takes something and then he kind of just like he says he kind of twists it he puts a spin on it and like this it's it's these childhood memories but he then puts this fan- fantastical twist on it. This kind of... It's it's almost like a child's imagination or, in some parts, almost like a nightmare. And it's yes. this kind of fantasy... This fantasy twist on an adult remembering remembering their childhood memories. And that fantastical kind of gets mixed in with the with the imagination and the memory.
1: And I think it's a good. very well-written book.
0: Yeah. And I think it, uh, there's a line in it which says, like, no no two people remem- have the same memory and that's like where the hit the main character is talking to another character and they seem to have sort of slightly different recollections of events and that's yeah again it's just that other twist on is is this is this all in his head or was it real and it's because different people having different viewpoints mm. they don't quite remember it's same. But yeah, I, oh, I really, I really enjoyed it, it. as he was a
1: child. Yeah, no, it, it was really good. Um, I found everything I've read by Neil Gaiman has
0: been amazing. To be honest, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've, I've read a bad book by him. I, 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 he's so have lovely to Stardust? listen to as well. Sorry, have you? Re- he is great to
1: listen to. I love his voice. Have you read Stardust?
0: I haven't, but I absolutely love the film. I've seen the, the film so many times.
1: The book is about a, only a little bit longer than those to the end of the lane. It's quite yeah. small, basically. I,
0: it wasn't until recently though I actually knew he'd written it. I just thought Didn't it was I a film you? originally. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it, the film. Is it worth it? Oh yeah, I really enjoy. It. It's got um, uh, I think it's got Robert De Niro in. It's got Charlie Cox, the guy who plays Daredevil. He's oh. in it. Yeah, you, you definitely recognise quite a few of the actors and actresses in it. Yeah, I read it. it's, it's like one of those films I remember quite well from childhood. I, think, I i must have seen it like a dozen times. It's, yeah, it's like one of my, probably one of my favourite childhood films. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So I read that. Um, what else? What else? Oh, this was quite interesting. So the first book I read this year, it's called uh, Project Possible. And it was about a guy who... Uh, set the new world record for climbing the 14 highest mountains in the world oh. and so take him uh, so the previous record was at around seven years he managed to get the world record down to seven months Whoa, that's a lot of, that's a massive improvement <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um the guys called Nimstai uh, perger He's a uh, no its of course with me he's an ex um, special forces mm-hmm. guy but no really really interesting because it is, it's is—it's not really much to do with his time in the army or the special forces it's actually a lot more to do with this uh, world record attempt it's kind of like uh, I, there are a number, a number of times he nearly died he had to help because he's quite a good mountain climber of course uh, he helped out with like rescue operations and everything yeah, it's just a really, really interesting tale. But the funny thing was, I finished this book, and then about a week later, uh, I was in my local shop picking up a, it's like some bread and milk and stuff, and I saw the newspapers, and he was on the front of one of the newspapers because because oh, he, happened? so he and his team just set another world record by being the first, uh, the first team to summit uh, K two during the winter season. K2? Yeah, one of the highest mountains.
1: Oh. And they were the only ones to go up there during winter?
0: Yeah, so no one had summited it before during winter because it was considered too unsafe. So he and his team were the first ones to do it. I
1: I love these people. Like, oh, you shouldn't do this. It's really dangerous. Right. (laughs) Mm, mm. (laughs) Hold my beer.
0: Yeah, literally they see it as almost a personal... When someone says they can't do something, they see it as a personal challenge that they're like... Right. I'm going to go do it. You
1: can't give me a million pounds. I bet you you can't do that.
0: No, I can't. I don't have a million pounds. I'm well, hoping
1: one of these guys does. And then <laughs> I, I can trick them. Because <laughs> against I, them.
0: If I had a million pounds, I
1: wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> Would you give it to me to prove that you could? Project possible? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's
0: possible. Uh, uh, at the moment it's impossible because I don't have a million pounds how much whiskey could you buy for a million pounds Ooh, a
1: lot you could either get a lot of Ptolemore or one really am- really really amazing
0: I think is th- there th- is
1: there a bottle of whiskey that goes for a million pounds is there a million pound bottle of whiskey somewhere
0: yeah I think there's one that sold for like 1.6 million
1: okay how much would a shot of that whiskey cost
0: I think we've we've looked this up before and we worked it out didn't we
1: I can't remember
0: most expensive bottle of whiskey I found was a Macallan 60 year old which was 1.5 million isn't I think that it the did one where there was a
1: news article where a dad bought his son a bottle of whiskey every year for his birthday so that when he turned 21 no, he sold them- no
0: that was a different one that was a different one I don't. I don't think his one was 1.5 million. No, this, is, no. this was but like it was a, the same brand. Uh, oh, Macallan, yeah, because mm. Macallan's a very. I don't. I don't mean that this guy was
1: buying his baby a 1.5 million bottle of whiskey every. No,
0: year. no, no, no. So I think this one, it was a 60 year old bottle, and it had like an elaborate, like exclusively painted design. Well, I like would hope so artist. for one and a half million. Yeah. So figured it out, didn't we? So one, one and a half million, and usually get so if it's a 70 cl bottle which is fairly standard and that's about i think that's about 28 shots or 28 yeah so about 28 measures of 25 milliliters so you figured it out tom how much one shot was
1: if there's 28 shots in a bottle and the bottle cost 1.5 million then one shot of this whiskey what was it called again
0: that was like a Macallan sixty year old,
1: I think. One shot of this whiskey is fifty three thousand five hundred and seventy one pounds. Whew. One shot, so you can neck in the space of seconds fifty three grand. Blimey. What a flex that must be!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like people buy really expensive bottles of whiskey. And I just people like, I, but I just kind of want to drink it for the prestige of saying I had a shot that was. 53 well i'm sort of somewhere pounds. in the world they will
1: be selling whiskey that's 53 grand a shots henry save up all your savings and spend it on a single shot of whiskey i will i mm. you you I, I feel, <laughs> to go with our topic earlier that's what you can choose to give a fuck about <laughs> <laughs> that's what you can choose to spend your money on and that's that's your choice right what have you been playing then henry
0: Ah, uh, now i have been playing a game which so many people have gone on about, and you told me to play, and I knew I should play, so I eventually I picked it up just after Christmas, and that was Ghost of Tsushima. That's such a good I game. Even, I, I even put Cyberpunk on hold to play this. Well, I can imagine why, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was having more luck with Cyberpunk than you were, so
1: you having more luck yes. than most people were.
0: mm. mm. But yeah. Ah, oh, dude. Ghost of Tsushima is such a pretty game.
1: It is so pretty. That the, the red blossom, or the, the golden blossom, or any blossom.
0: Yeah, like uh, running through like the uh, golden forest, mm. and, like the golden temple. The the color on the trees and everything. The photo mode. I've had so much fun with that.
1: Well, oh, have you noticed when you're riding through though the the fields with that high grass? Jin leans off the horse and runs his hand through the grass.
0: I hadn't noticed that. I'd heard that if you walk slowly through the. Through the glass, uh, gr- grass, he does that. But I hadn't noticed that when riding. No, he,
1: he leans over and runs his hand through if, if you're riding.
0: Oh, nice. No, I'm, I'm usually too busy fighting Mongols to realise. I'm too
1: busy petting foxes. <laughs> so you can pet the foxes in this game.
0: i tell you what. Yeah, I know. When you go to the shrines. But I'll tell you what, at first I wasn't very good at the combat because I think I was so used to... Because The last game I'd played on PlayStation was uh, going back through Uncharted 2 to Platinum it, um, and I was still kind of used to the controls of that, and so I'd, <laughs> whenever I was going around to like pick up items, I kept on pressing square, whereas in this game it's R2 to pick up items. Yep. So was like
1: <laughs> but Well, last time I played it, I, I was so I used s- to Shadow of War love, set of War. Oh yes, we were playing the, the, uh, controls the co-op ended up mode, doing stupid things like dive off a cliff or something. Mm. The is by doing a leeway. But Jankin. I can absolutely,
0: <laughs> I can I absolutely see why well. so many people. Sorry. Love this game. I can absolutely see why so many people love this game because it is visually stunning. Mm-hmm. It... The story. I I did. At first, I wasn't too keen on Jin as the main character, but I actually kind of warmed to him towards the end, and I I, I began to quite like some of the side characters as well. Yes, I like Kenji. Kenji I like Kenji yep, because he's funny. He's funny. He is quite good. Um, I like Taka. Taka was a good character. Poor Taka. Uh, I like quite a few of the. Um, I like The the side quests. They're quite short. They're very I like, like bite sized chunk. I quite chunks, like a lot of the side thought. quests. There's like the slightly longer ones where there's a few parts to them, but then there's kind of like the, just the one-off side quests.
1: Um, you cut out for a second on mine. Oh, yeah. um, sorry, as you were saying. I
0: was just saying uh, I really enjoyed uh, the side quests and how they're kind of like bite-size chunks in a way. Yeah, like they're quite often quite short, but you get like a nice little story from them and then you have a, a few ones which are slightly longer where they've got uh like several parts to them and it's kind of a slightly longer uh longer story over those several parts i really love just like exploring as well just finding really cool like vistas and like scenery to use the photo mode my favorite I liked, part was um, where
1: you have to I don't know how far through you are yet, Henry. But eventually you get challenged I'll by... I finish, finished the story. Oh, okay. Then you've probably done this part. where you're challenged by five of the Straw Hat Ronin. And they're all, they all go and wait for you at different parts of the map. And you go and track them down. Mm. And even though... And then you have to duel them. And so you barely see these guys for longer than it takes to kill them, literally. But they've all got such distinctive characters, even though you never find out what their names are or their backstories.
0: Yeah, the jewels. The jewels are really, really good. They're quite tense as well. Like there's a couple where I thought, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll easily, I'll easily handle this," and then I just get kind of owned.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> well, I was playing on easy difficulty. Like the... So maybe I was cheating.
0: Nah, boo. Well,
1: there's no difficulty trophy, so
0: boo. Don't you boo me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, there was one time where I was fighting a guy with a flaming sword. I thought, like, this will be fun, And then he just sets his sword on fire. And it's like, oh, Aww. no. <laughs> the annoying, annoying thing is, like, because you, you don't have a leveling system or anything. You kind of, you gradually sort of build up your health um, and your resolve, which is like your stamina bar in a way, through, like, uh, building up your renown and your legend as the ghost. But what, really the, yeah. but what I find really annoying with the Yeah, what if I'm annoying with the jewels is if you lose the jewel, you lose all of your um resolve, which is what you use to heal and perform special moves. You lose that at the start of the fight and in that way it kind of makes the fight harder because then you can't heal as often. And I just found that a, a bit annoying occasionally. Particularly when I died like 3 or 4 times in a row.
1: Either that didn't happen on Easy Difficulty, or I just didn't lose. But I don't remember that happening to me.
0: Oh. Well, there you go then. You're not, not as good. Not,
1: not as good. Not as good. But we've been enjoying the multiplayer, haven't we, Henry? Mm.
0: mm. It's a um, part of the reason I, I ended up picking it up, because I saw they were running a special event, where with the co-op multiplayer you could unlock certain armour sets from... Other games. So there's God of and War, there's God on, of
1: War one, and more importantly for you, a Horizon, a Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn, Dawn one. Oh.
0: There's a, a Bloodborne one, oh, no, and it's uh... a while
1: getting that for you.
0: The thing is, I don't actually use the hunter that much. I actually tend to use <laughs> the samurai more. And even then, well, I don't. It's just
1: easier to play as a samurai, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I don't use the I don't use the god of war armor that much either. I found the, like a all black armor, which I thought looks even cooler. It looks like shadow armor. <laughs> so it ended it, up doing it, yeah. all those missions to get the armor, and then I'm like, actually, I prefer this I one. Prefer this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, luckily, I found my perfect armor, or rather, lack of it. That uh, player is oh, a yeah. naked assassin who kind of orbitally drops on top for you before <sighs> before you ever trust to realise it. No one expects an orbitally dropping naked assassin.
0: No one expects the naked assassin. <laughs> uh, yeah, because your guy's just wearing a, a dog like or a spirit mask. No, it, or it's, something. He's
1: got a, lo- a loincloth and a dog mask, and that's all he's got.
0: Yeah. And a samurai sword.
1: <laughs> oh and a, and a katana,
0: obviously. Uh oh, dear. No, I, I do really enjoy the co mode. That's that's quite fun with friends. Oh, I've I tried playing one of the missions by myself and it's like impossible. It's difficult. <laughs> Especially when like you haven't good. got the right gear for it. But no.
1: I was what? disappointed. Although the multiplayer, considering it's free, is really good. I was disappointed that it's not got the exact same mechanics from the actual story mode game. I think it would be a hell of a lot easier
0: if you could switch between your sword stances. But I think that's because it's co-op. It's it's to allow variety, so someone's able to deal with like enemies with shields whereas another one's able to deal with, with ones with spears by using the different stances. Because But it's the
1: same problem as 4.76. They made 4.76 on the assumption that people would work together. Yeah, but this and is And once again here, we yeah, but... don't. So the yeah, people we play with don't say... Well, we work together to, to an extent, but we're not to the point where we go, oh, I've got a sword that is good against other swordsmen. My buddy here, Henry, he's got one that's good against sealed people. If you guys get a moon sword and a water sword, we're set. We don't we don't say that. Yeah, but we, 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 we did co-op
0: missions, thing. and we didn't even coordinate properly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I was going to say, point, if we exactly <laughs> <laughs> and we can't expect I suppose you're right we can't expect anyone else to coordinate with us if we can't coordinate ourselves but my point mm. is we are actually in a party chatting trying our best to work together and we're still not doing it the way they want us to yeah I hear that's a re- whiskey refill. fill I will join you yeah. well, what did you make of the the story though the story yes I thought, like you, at
0: first it wasn't too strong. Well, actually, no, I quite liked the beginning. Oh, the the, the opening, the, the opening with the beach charge was phenomenal. That was so much it was fun. Amazing. I kind, of, I kind of wish there were a few more moments like that in the game. Because that was a few such more a... bigger battles.
1: Yeah, no, I get that actually. Yeah, because even the e- ending. Go on.
0: I was going to say, like, where you're retaking like one of the castles with uh, a certain character up. Or stay spoiler free it's kind of like yes we're retaking the castle charge and there's like i don't I, why does this feel slightly underwhelming
1: <laughs> yeah no no I, I think i know the one you mean it is a li- there was there are some bits that were spectacular as you say mm. and there are other bits that were underwhelming a little bit um but i loved every single mm. one of the jewels. Mm. all the duels it's just so atmospheric where you, you always face off against them first. Yeah, like, it, it, it's like in those in old samurai movies
0: or like a western where it's just one on one.
1: That's what inspired the game and, and and you slowly draw your sword and it's just... Yes, I can definitely see myself as a rodent, Henry.
0: Like yeah, I was saying, now that you've read Book, Book of the Five Rings, you know all those samurai I'm basically takes. an
1: expert. I'm basically an expert is what I think.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I... I did find myself like warming more to the characters at towards the end. At first, I thought they were a bit too rigid and not a lot of character. But I I did I did like come to like a lot the characters a lot more and begun to enjoy the story more. I didn't like how because um, the premise is you can either kind of chew uh, you're kind of mixing samurai with sort of almost ninja in your in your approaches to combat. So you can try and be stealthy or you can just tr- face the enemies uh, head on as, like with honour, as the sam- samurai say. Um, I hated the stealth and the archery
1: in the story. I was really good at the combat, but if, if, if there was a mission where it's a, it, it, it required stealth, I was really annoyed. Because I knew I could, even if I triggered the alarm, I could definitely fight my way out of that and live. So I don't need to stealth this. I hmm. can fight everyone one-on-one and still win.
0: Yeah, the 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 bits the bit I didn't like is where it kind of has those flashbacks in a sense, and it kind of guilt[s] you for using the stealthy technique. I understand oh, it makes yeah. se- it. I understand it makes sense from the story perspective,
1: but it kind of. But it's a bit jarring. It's a bit abrupt. Yeah, and
0: it's kind of like, well, um... I barely saw those because again, I barely used stealth if I didn't need to. Yeah, and it and it's it doesn't really have any repercussions either. It well, well, moral mm- repercussions. Yeah, but it's. I, I did like it that it does give you the flexibility to go between the two, though. That you can like often when I was like mm. trying to take down an enemy camp, I do like the the noble samurai standoff, and I take down like. Oh five. yeah, the standoff. You press I, yeah. as if
1: You press up or you press down, and you stand off against a bunch of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that that is cool. I, I, but he all run running that you. He's going.
0: Yeah. I, I u- I'd, use that, I'd use that to take down a bunch of enemies, but then the alarm wouldn't be raised, so I'd then sneak into the camp and then like assassinate everyone else and it just it just made it. Oh no, <laughs> a I, I, I would easier. just walk
1: straight in the front door and be like, come at me fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> one samurai, how many things have you bought? Ten? That's not enough.
0: Yeah. I, d- I did like, I did find the combat a bit challenging at first, but I really liked that once you unlocked more skills and abilities that you do just become this badass samurai warrior who can just like mm. cut through hordes of enemies, and it was I really enjoyed that. Like when you're sort of on the badass role, it's really cool.
1: it, it, yeah. it is cool. I have to admit, that's why mm. I didn't bother with the stealth. It's just so much better just to actually <laughs> fight them.
0: I, I like it when I scare them and they run away, and then I just shoot them from a distance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's quite good, I guess. Yeah. Although the dogs. I hated the dogs. They were so annoying. Mm. Um, I'm hoping, after the success of this game, they find other famous samurai
0: to make games of. Well, I, I think that um, a friend sent me a message saying that they're the, the studio Sucker Punch are hiring at the moment, so he said maybe they're working on a second one, which I think is entire, oh, I in, so. entirely possible. I think after the success, well, success of it, they
1: will. Well, there were multiple attempts from the Mongols to invade Japan, mm. so very possible. Yeah,
0: I am sure they'll they'll find a way to story-wise to continue it. I think it's I think it was too successful to leave it as a a standalone. But yeah, I really Although enjoyed I,
1: it. I know the sequel you're most anxiously awaiting for this year.
0: Yes, Horizon, of course, and God of War 2. Those those are my top oh, they're two. they're making God of War 2. Yeah, they're making a God of War, yeah, making, uh, God of War Ragnarok it's gonna be the next one
1: and that's coming this year
0: yeah yeah Horizon and uh well provided they're not delayed because of Covid um, they should both be coming out later this year so it'll be a it'll be a battle between those two for which I play that's provided I can get a PS5 <laughs> uh yeah <laughs>
1: yep yeah, that's a problem Well, at, at least if you do get a PS5 you can get Cyberpunk and then it'll actually work <laughs> I often get confused why they say a game has been delayed due to COVID. I fully understand that COVID causes problems, but can't programmers work from home?
0: They can, but of course it's trying to coordinate the team and everything to make sure it's all running smoothly.
1: Well, I guess. I guess, but it shouldn't cause as as big a delay as, say, a theatre who can't do anything.
0: Well, if you think about it, they've all been working in office and then suddenly they're thrown into complete disarray. They've got to set up a system from by which they can work from home.
1: Well, yeah, so the, all of last year, I fully get that, but we've, it's almost been a year now since these COVID disruptions have started, at least for us. Um, you'd think they'd have found a way to make everything more streamlined and efficient by now.
0: Oh, they probably have but then do you want them rushing a game and it not releasing no no
1: no don't get me wrong
0: <laughs> take as long as you need on those games they should have taken longer as cyberpunk <laughs>
1: sorry I don't know where that came from um, but no do not rush a game do mm. not rush a game that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying surprising that there's still delays because of covid when we all know it's here and it's going to be here for a while
0: mm. Well, I think I think people are finding workarounds and everything. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on working towards getting the platinum of uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and then I think I'll go back and finish up uh, Cyberpunk. S- still really enjoying that. And then uh, I... it's unplayable for me. I I, I, I can't do it. I, can't <laughs> I know. I know. I downloaded
1: I the latest patch. It took it took eight hours. Downloaded the, downloaded the latest patch. First thing that happened: a truck clipped through the road. So, um, so that there's a guy driving sitting in the driver's seat on top of the road, holding <laughs> the steering wheel to a vehicle that's under the road, and then the, and then the vehicle explodes because it thinks it's collided with the road, whereas actually it's in the road, and this is during a cutscene. Oh okay. <laughs> dear! So I'm just watching it, like I can't concentrate on what's being said to me because there's this. Vehicle exploding in the background. That's
0: not meant to be there. What, one of the one of the funniest ones I've seen is where they use the call their car button and they're looking around for their car, and then they just see it somersaulting from thro- through the horizon. <laughs> it then hits a building and somehow lands like perfectly upright in front of them. And I was just like, oh. That's- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I... I do enjoy the ones where they when they're on the motorcycle hit some random object, they go flying off into the distance. Yeah, I saw a video recently, or maybe you sent it to me. I can't remember, but it was a comparison between old GTA games from the early two thousands mm. and Cyberpunk, and like had had a video of someone with a baseball bat and Cyberpunk hitting a car, mm. and not only is the car not suffering any damage, but the combat is just really clunky. Um melee in cyberpunk, and then it- then it cuts to i think it was g t a San andreas where someone is also equipped with a baseball his head in the car, and the detail of the car being damaged so much more
0: I've seen one similar details. where it's they're like shooting bullets yeah I think it's g t a five versus cyberpunk and they're shooting like bullets into the uh into a tire of a car and in g t a it was like the, the the tire was going down whereas in cyberpunk it wasn't affecting it. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sort of thing.
0: I have I need to download the new patch cuz I haven't played Cyberpunk since the end of last year when I got Ghost. So it's been about just just under a month since I last played it and I think there's been like a couple of patches since. So I should download those and then give it a go again. But yeah, I still I still blast in the way the soundtrack and everything because i absolutely love that
1: well the sound punk and the vis the sound punk the soundtrack
0: name of your new band tom sound punk <laughs> sound punk yeah I, I, no,
1: I, can do that. I know some some people uh anyway uh, yes um what's i saying uh, last made uh, bit of soundtrack yeah, the soundtrack and the visuals are amazing on that game
0: mm.
1: the gameplay itself is just <laughs> terrible though <laughs> <laughs> like for you, <laughs> it could be such an amazing game. But I think even if they fix a lot, a lot of the patches, things like the melee combat, which I was really excited for to use katanas to kill robots, it's just clunky. It's just. Mm.
0: I think it it, it, really will, it will be interesting to see what state it kind of ends up in once they've done all these patches. I've
1: heard people saying it's going to be a bit like No Man's Sky.
0: Where quite possibly,
1: after a few years of patches, they'll actually deliver on all their promises, and then it'll actually be a really good game. Mm. I remember I heard uh, someone was talking to me about how with the latest GTA game when it was first released, it didn't deliver on a lot of its promises, and it was super buggy. But today, it's one of the best-selling games of all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they're still they're still releasing like GTA Five on the. on the PlayStation 5 and there's still like no sign of GTA 6 yet because GTA 5 exactly. is just so successful. Well,
1: they're still making updates and new release stuff and yeah. I still know people who are playing it, my flatmate included, mm-hmm. um, even though it's years and years old.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they'll be working on it for a little bit. I think like the DLCs and everything have been delayed until they've got it in a better state. But I'm, I'm excited to finish it. I'm really enjoying the story. I quite enjoy the combat, um, sound, the sound that design. annoyed me then.
1: about the story was it's actually very similar. I-, I was hoping they'd be completely different almost, depending on which life you chose, the Corpo, the Street Kids, the Nomads. But actually, it's roughly the same, I'm told.
0: Yeah, it's apart from the start, it seems to be... The start seems to be quite different. And then you, of course, during the main story, you have a few different dialogue options. But I I was thinking like, oh, stuff like, okay, if you pick Nomad, you might be only able to like romance a few people you might do. I think there are a few missions you can only do if you pick a specific life path. But there were people saying, oh, this character, you might only be able to romance them if, say, you're a Nomad. Or this one, you can only romance if you're a uh corpo but then it just turns out it doesn't really matter too much
1: <laughs> so well, that's what i mean that's what i mean yeah at, at first i thought oh i'm gonna have to replay this game at least three times mm. to mm. see all the different possibilities but now it doesn't really sound worth it yeah
0: i can definitely see myself doing another playthrough so like the uh the playthrough I've been doing, it's been fairly focused on upgrading weapons and uh, crafting, whereas I haven't invested too much in like all the uh, like cyber gear and everything. Whereas I could see myself doing another uh, uh, playthrough where I get like the Mantis blades and like the double jump legs and everything, and I go like full cybernetic. Whereas this one, I've because of like playing like a nomad, I was like, nah, kind of stay human. But like, get really good at like weapon handling.
1: But... Yeah, I get that. Well, it really the perk system really confused me because there are some perks that are like, you get three percent extra damage against a certain weapon while crouched or something like that. So I I saw a video. I oh, know you sent me a video as someone mentions this. Actually, it was um the vid, the per, the guy who no punctuation.
0: Mm. Is
1: that it? Um, he, zero he, zero he, he punctuation. See, that's it. Zero punctuation. He mentioned how some of the perks are just useless. That <laughs> they give you three percent more damage to a very certain kind of weapon. And he's like, "What? Why would I? Why would I want this? Mm. What, what's the point? Three percent is nothing."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like it that um, sort of you can actually see your character in, improving with that's a whiskey top up I hear yep (laughs) I will be joining you (laughs) is kind of like you do see your character improving with certain abilities though the more you use them like dealing extra damage so that's quite cool um I do I do love some like the weapon designs and character designs and just just like walking through the city as well it is. It is so cool. It is. Yeah, it like... is a
1: city where you can just get lost in. It is beautiful. Yeah. And I do like how I can wander into like a street market and get into a fight with a bunch of gangsters. Yeah. And I, 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 I my characters, I, I sort of do a little bit of role play where my character goes red and I just hack these people apart with my weapon. <laughs> Which, although that's really cool, I'm using the katana, and I was sort of hoping it'd be a bit more flashy the way I use it, but mm. apparently. If you're a guy raised on the streets of Night City who manages to get his hands on one of these, you don't know how to use it. And I guess, to be (laughs) fair, that is realistic. I I have no idea how to use it properly, despite reading Book of the Five Rings. I was going to say, you're you're not the
0: master samurai you thought you were. No, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Uh, yet. We've gone full circle. (laughs) Back to samurai swords. (laughs) Back Uh, to samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really want the, like the the leather jacket from all the trailers. I really like that jacket, though. I really want that. That'd be <laughs> so cool to have.
1: Do you think someone have, someone's made it in real life? Oh, you think I
0: imagine made... so, like cosplay and stuff. I imagine they've made it. I'd... How much would you
1: pay for that jacket?
0: Uh, I can't pay too much at the moment because I haven't <laughs> got a lot of money. Hasn't got any money. Oh, Henry. <laughs> Damn it, COVID. Why? Why? <laughs> I could could pay them in whiskey. I've got a lot of that. (laughs) Uh,
1: Not sure that's going to go down well with most people, Henry.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, what book or books are you looking at reading in the upcoming future once you've finished your Book of Amber?
1: Well... By the time I finish this, it might be 2022. It's <laughs> taking me quite a while. So I'm probably thinking I'll start another book while I'm still reading this. Because mm. it it is... It's quite heavy going. It takes a bit longer to read a page of this book than it would in other books. So I'm thinking I'll, I'll, I'll set myself a target of like 50 pages in this book. And then move on to another book. Sort of like what you're doing. Like yeah. With more fiction-orientated.
0: Mm.
1: But... So I I, I have three books as well, Amber, and then one nonfiction and one fiction. So what I'll I'll, I'm opening up recommendations for the nonfiction.
0: Nonfiction, nonfiction.
1: Right. Um, I'm gonna suggest. I was thinking before you make a suggestion, Mm -hmm. before I make this known, I was thinking. Obviously, you're really into stoicism. I was thinking of going out and finding. A school of philosophy that I'm that, that for me to be really interested in and I was thinking of getting the book on that and reading that, then
0: we can compare our schools of philosophy on that note, you basically kind of stole an idea here, and I would yes. I would suggest now this, mm-hmm. this was okay, so the way I kind of got into the philosophy was through Ryan Holiday and his book, um Obstacle is the way, which I've mentioned a few times now, and his top recommendation is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend to you Meditations. I'm gonna recommend the Modern Library edition by Gregory Hayes, because in it, at the introduction, it explains Stoicism before it then de- delves into Marcus Marcus's um, uh, writings. And it's the quite... only
1: thing I know, the only thing I know about this book was I remember when you first got it and you first started reading it, and you first you read the first few pages and you looked up at me and said, "Tom, you would hate this book."
0: Ah, uh, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. You said
0: I wouldn't enjoy it, but you said you want to get to know this, and I think this would be a great introduction.
1: I said I wanted you to explain it for me.
0: No, you were literally just saying that you want to, you were looking for a book of stoic philosophy that we could... Con- I said I was looking for my own school of philosophy. Okay. Well, let me let me explain. In Marcus Aurelius, he has here there are several what are called books, but they're only about 20 pages each and he has short passages in it. When I was reading through this, I was writing down passages that kind of like struck a chord with me. So what I think it would be interesting for you to do is for you to read through it and write down the ones that kind of like stuck with you. And then we can compare and contrast. It's fairly short. It's only about 150 to 200 pages. So even for a non-fiction book, I think you can work your way through it quite quickly. And I will buy you a bottle of cider to go with it. <laughs> You're really desperate for me to read this book. No, just just because I think it would be like like you were just saying, you you you're open to the suggestion of reading a book of philosophy or stoicism to try and understand it a bit more and i think this is a good introduction it's not overly heavy my only it's not a is, super long book i'm not
1: i'm not being difficult for the sake of being difficult my only problem is when someone is described as being stoic um it's normally because they are very calm and collected they don't show emotions and yeah they are not never not seem to be angry but the thing i've noticed about people who are said to be stoic who someone says oh that's so and so they're pretty stoic they don't smile they don't seem very they don't show their feelings they don't spread happiness they don't seem to be happy they might be happy inside but although they are calm they don't get angry they don't they're not negative by any means i'm not saying that they also don't seem happy but the whole time you've known me henry i've always been very expressive
0: very animated and i are, I, are you I, worried I, you're you're, I, you're I, gonna read this one book and you're gonna, gonna become really grumpy like me <laughs> i'm not saying you're grumpy <laughs> i just did, did, saying... did i ever tell you about that story at work where it's where someone was no. like a customer was checking okay so this was one day when uh there's a slight tangent here <laughs> so okay. this was when we were working one of the events and i was working at the merch table i think i was right. keeping like a just keeping an eye on like the mer- merchandise that people were, like picking up and che- looking at it and just making sure like no one left with it and i was taking money this woman just comes up to me and she's like excuse me are you okay uh, oh, right. I remember this. I remember you have told me this. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, yeah, She's like, you you look really kind of upset and down, and I'm like, N- no, I'm fine. You, you, you look so serious. Is everything okay? And I'm like, I wouldn't describe you as stoic, Henry. I would I would describe <laughs> no no, you. no no don't take this the
1: wrong way don't take this the wrong way I would say you have a bit of a rest in bits face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I, I ha- Not quite in those words, but uh, people have said, I look very serious. Like, wh-
1: yes. when I The first time I met you, I um, I, I came to work in the same place as you, and I didn't realise I was a back door, so I was banging on the front door, mm. and the lady in the front desk saw I was there and called you over to let me in at, in the um, fire escape, because I don't know why... I, I don't know why Anne couldn't have just come and let me in herself. It's- Apparently... Apparently it's not her job. Anyway, she called you over, and you were walking over to let me in, and you just—you had this face. I was like, "Oh, I've pissed him off already." (laughs) But it turns out that's just your face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have like my neutral expression does look quite serious. I've had some people, yeah, but it it was just so. So, are you okay? Is everything all right? You just look really serious. I'm like, no, no, I'm—I'm all good. (laughs) So, okay, I was just checking. It's just like. Yeah, it's just my face. I'm just I just have a serious <laughs> face.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were just bored. Maybe you were just bored. Yeah,
0: uh, but I don't think you reading this, a short book on stoic philosophy, will turn you into a sourpuss. So
1: okay if it really means if you really think it'll benefit me i'll read this book and you do not have to buy me alcohol
0: (laughs) well i think it i think it will fit into a it will it, it can be my recommendation to you and it fits in with what you were saying earlier about trying to understand this a bit more and like i said it has an introduction to stoic philosophy at the front so hopefully you can learn something
1: I was worried it would be a bit of like diving into the deep end, but if it's got an introduction yeah. at the front, yeah, it has, maybe a, I'll it has be an introduction.
0: To. It's not very long. It's yeah. I think what what I will request that you do is you you jot down like uh, so each um, uh, the phrases in it. They have a number numbering system, so if you write down the numbers that like correlated with you, it'll be really interesting to. Like compare and contrast which ones really stuck stuck out to us. So I think I think that could definitely be an interesting discussion.
1: I'm still going to look out for a school of philosophy that I find interesting though.
0: Okay. And if you do, then I will happily read that along with you. You might not like it though. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I didn't say I have to enjoy it, I said I will read it. (laughs) Oh Henry, (laughs)
1: challenge accepted.
0: yeah okay alright I I am up for you reading that and us discussing that now you've lent me to so another one is from one of our favourite series which you introduced me to last year which is a so it's a spin-off from the first law trilogy
1: by Joe Abercrombie yeah
0: I'm going to put that one on hold because that's a fairly long one. So about 600 pages, and there are a few other. It's so good, though. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'll save that for a future episode because there are a few other books I want to read in the meantime because I've got a whole shelf stacked with books that I haven't read now. So I'm going to read the other one you lent to me, which is I Claudius, which is mm. one you have mentioned a number of times on the podcast. So. That would be one. I
1: think I, I think you'll really enjoy that because I know you're a big fan of historical fiction, mm. and um, I Claudius. It's so it it has been described as a fictional biography from, of the Emperor Claudius mm. uh, before he becomes emperor. I, I don't count that as a spoiler because it's a historical fact that he becomes <laughs> emperor. Oh my god, spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah, basically. Anyway, I, I really like the... Um, I know you're a big fan of the, of Romans. Yeah, I really like your I Roman think history. you might view them in a slightly different light after this book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not very sympathetic. Fair enough. Well, you can save my uh, opinions on it for the next episode once I've read it. I can't wait yes so we each we each have our new book for next time and uh, yes well thank you everyone for joining us in this first episode of 2021 hopefully (laughs) it will continue to get better but
1: Uh, yes Uh, if it's been getting better so far for you that is because for us it's not been getting that much better yep
0: well (laughs) Just see. Well, I mean America has a new president now and he's uh he's definitely Mother a complete fucking idiot. That's one way to put it, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say something different, but yep. Pretty much.
1: You were gonna be diplomatic. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and you went straight to the straight for the throat, really. <laughs>
1: uh, Henry, do not try and lie, you say my opinion.
0: Can't deny it. <laughs> yep. yeah so that's that's at least one positive to come from this year at least but uh, yeah we will see what the year holds and uh, hopefully more whiskey more books more discussion I, I'm looking forward to it if that's the case then I'll be very happy good good well thank you very much for joining us on this episode and we hope to see you next time bye for now bye for now stay safe